Hey everybody, and welcome to Rabbit's Ramblings, podcast 393. This time I have what I expect will be final thoughts for Remnant 2, and hopefully you'll enjoy the show. So as I expected, I totally love Remnant 2. I have played 70 hours up to this point. I would have to make a total guess that the campaign was probably uh, 20 to 25 of those hours. And the rest of the time has been mostly online uh, with random people joining in their campaigns or adventure modes. You sort of mess around, going where they're going, leveling up, getting stuff. People will usually describe Remnant as a Souls-like with guns, and what that means is it's basically a little bit slower than most other shooters, I would think, but timing things like dodges or getting out of the way around a corner or something is very important compared to other games. Also, there are checkpoints where your character sort of saves and you get all of your stuff back and reset. But that also resets all of the monsters in that particular zone at the time. There is quite a bit to see. The world is randomized. What events happen are randomized to a point. And so even at 50 hours, there were still new weapons people were using in multiplayer that I'd never seen yet, or zones or events that they were visiting that I had not seen in my own playthroughs. And even now, still at 70 hours, I know there are at least a couple of bosses on one world that I have never seen ever. I started a new cycle that I was playing solo today, and I got an event on one world that I know I've only seen like three times in probably 12 to 15 hours played on that world. So your playthrough may not be the exact same as somebody else's playthrough, and it may take you quite a while of running and rerunning content before you've actually seen and done uh, everything there is. Because it's just that kind of game. It is designed around core, solid shooting playstyle, and then there are random things that happen uh, in the zones around you. The main way you will start playing is what they call campaign mode, and in that mode it will roll the three different primary worlds in random order, like I said, and so your playthrough may be uh, different than a friend's playthrough. There are different key story moments as well as uh, randomized side areas. So again, even if you and a friend are talking about the same world, you might have a very different experience. There is one world that is always set, and that will be between your first and second world. That's a pretty cool place, but I don't think it has any random elements. I think it's all static, which is unlike the other worlds. 
There are quite a few secrets in that world, though, so you will want to uh, visit it and definitely spend some time there. And then there is one world that is sort of at the end of the campaign, and I don't know if you can reroll that in the adventure mode, but it is also similarly pretty static. It has a few bosses, but I think they are fixed, you know, and that there will be boss A, boss B, and boss C. I don't think they're random like the A3 uh, main world. Once you complete a world on the campaign playthrough, it will be unlocked for adventure mode. And what adventure mode is, is it will re-roll that world that you specify uh, randomly. You know, it, it's all random. So you can replay a specific world again if you like. And you can have one campaign playthrough and one adventure mode playthrough set up at the same time. So you can switch between them whenever you like. And progress is saved on your character so you can carry it between the two very easily. And you can choose different difficulties for each of those settings. There are four difficulty modes. You will only be able to start on one of the first three. The fourth is unlocked after you finish, I think, any playthrough. But I would actually recommend people just start on the first difficulty setting, which I think is called Survivor. I figured, hey, I've got 350 played hours on Remnant 1. I'll go ahead and start on Veteran, which is uh, the second difficulty setting. And I got wrecked uh, quite a lot. One of the most important things about Remnant is it's not just about player experience knowledge, but also can be quite a bit about what gear you have uh, and how many talent points you've unlocked for your character. So if you start on Veteran, or, you know, even worse, I think it's Nightmare after that. That can be really, really brutal for your playthrough as a first playthrough, especially uh, if you're brand new to Remnant. Again, I really don't recommend starting over the basic level. In a lot of my random online games, I'm just joining people that are on that first difficulty setting because it is it's so much more fun and less stressful, at least for me. I am getting to the point where I feel pretty much just as confident on the veteran setting, but it has taken quite a while for you know my character to get up good equipment and have things set up right to where I'm not getting completely wrecked all the time. There is also a hardcore mode you can set up for any difficulty you're playing through, which means if your character dies, that's it. Uh, they're done for that playthrough. But if you can actually get through the campaign with Hardcore on, there is some special unlocks that you get, as well as I hear playing through on higher difficulty levels uh, on Hardcore or not, uh, you get stuff unlocked. And that stuff will go to a shop, so any character on you know any playthrough can just go to the shop once it's been unlocked and you know buy it from the vendor. But again, since the first difficulty setting can wreck you pretty badly, uh, I do recommend uh, starting there and then uh, moving up as you feel more confident. Because I don't want people, especially new players to Remnant, to get really frustrated and then forget maybe that they're on a higher difficulty and just, you know, stop playing. So I would say, you know, baby steps, try out the easiest version first and get your feel for it and move up from there because you always can uh, later on. It is designed to be replayed many, many times. 
Character creation seems pretty limited. There are just a handful of faces for male and female options. There are a handful of voices. So I wouldn't really uh, worry about that too much. I would say, you know, pick a voice you are comfortable with, although they don't give you a lot of samples for how that voice will sound. But in the game, there is a ping system. And so you can be like, oh, look out. You know, there's guys over there or, you know, focus on this target over here. So your character will have, you know, some voice that you do. So, you know, be comfortable with how that voice sounds because you can't change it later. Uh, at least not yet. They might add that feature in the, the future, which would be good because some people have said they've chosen a voice they didn't like <laughs> later on and felt stuck with it at that point. But you will choose from one of four starting classes. One uh, was for pre-orders, which you can also unlock uh, after that. But I think only pre-orders got that one. But the basic ones are Medic, Challenger, Handler, and Hunter. And then the pre-order one was Gunslinger. And whatever archetype you start with uh, is the one you get free. And then all of those other ones are pretty easy to unlock. You just walk around the main town and buy a specific item. And then take that item over to somebody and they will unlock the archetype for you. And you can switch them uh, at any given time if you don't like it. So don't feel like it's the end of the world if you picked one you don't really like. You can pretty easily switch it. You also get some starting equipment. But like the archetype, you can use any equipment you want that you purchase or find. So again, you know, if you don't like something, uh, don't feel locked in. You can easily change that later. The game is also designed to have two archetypes at any given time. So once you get, I think it's 10 trait points total, you can slot in that second archetype. And that is actually very important because you can only use one active ability from each archetype. So if you only have the one, then you only have one special ability. Whereas if you have, you know, two slotted, then things get quite a bit more flexible and you have two that you can use at any given time. Also, the one on the left side will be the prime archetype, and that will have a prime perk, and that will be a special thing. Like with Gunslinger, the prime perk is that you, I think it's reload your weapons when you use your ability, as well as getting eight seconds of unlimited ammo. But if Gunslinger is your second class, like say you are having a prime of medic, and then you put Gunslinger second, then you would get the Medic's Prime perk. So which side you have them on is kind of important, but you will figure that out uh, as you play and figure out which classes you like and which one you want the Prime perk for. As I said, you can change them at any time uh, as much as you want, even in the middle of combat, which would be a little bit crazy, but you can do it if you want. But I would recommend getting as many classes as you can stand <laughs> to the maximum level 10. Because once you do that, they have a trait, which is basically what they call skills. And once you get it to 10, that will unlock for using at any time, even if you do not have that archetype equipped. As example, Gunslinger, I think, has extra ammo. So if you are playing, say, Challenger and Medic, and you really want that extra ammo you had before when you were playing Gunslinger, 
you can spend skill points on that uh, to rank that up if you want, as long as you've gotten uh, that gunslinger archetype to 10 or, you know, whatever archetype skill you want. There are tons and tons and tons of jewelry items and a lot of weapons and a little bit of armor. So finding stuff and figuring out a build and what stuff you like gets really super fun. Note, though, this is not like other games. You won't be looking for, you know, a generic sword and then a generic sword plus three. You know, it doesn't work like that. I mean, you can level up weapons, so you will uh, get the plus one, plus two, etc. But a coach gun, as example, when you get it, will be the only version of the coach gun there is. And this is more important for jewelry and armor, as their stats will never change. Whatever the stat is will be what it is forever. Like if you get a bruiser chest piece, whatever its stats say will be the stats uh, forever. Those will never change. In terms of story, I would say there are sort of two sides to the story. There is the story of the overarching sort of story you start with in campaign mode that kind of links everything all together. I will say I was pretty disappointed with the ending of that one, but that is actually the much uh, less important story in my opinion. The real story is what's going on on each of the worlds, which can get quite deep. There are different NPCs you can chat with about uh, various things and certain events. I've had conversations that lasted 15 minutes, 30 minutes. I think one lasted 45 minutes. So the lore in the worlds can get really, really deep and interesting. I mean, you can, of course, you know, fast forward and skip them if you're not into that. But if you are, there is so much lore in the conversations as well as just the general events that are going on in the world, as well as still having some of the, you know, old school traditional books you find here and there. There aren't a whole lot of them, but they are uh, very interesting and can also add uh, quite a bit to the lore of that world. My only complaint is that there really are only those three worlds that you're going to re-roll and play in. Like I said, one is kind of just a between world. You can, I think, re-roll that one in adventure mode. I'm not sure, but there's not really a whole lot of point to do that. And then the last world... I don't think you can re-roll in adventure mode because I think it's pretty much just a handful of zones and static uh, bosses. And that's, you know, the last region you get in the story campaign mode. So if you are somebody that gets sort of bored with tile sets pretty quickly, you know, you will probably see them all, you know, in your first playthrough in maybe about 20 hours. So by then you're just seeing stuff over and over and over again. And visually, you know, you've seen them, but I don't know, I find it all super fun and interesting because it is, you know, somewhat randomized areas. So this may be the Nerud tile set, but maybe, you know, you haven't seen everything there. Like I said, there's one boss that I know I haven't even seen. And each area is sort of randomized a little bit. So, you know, you don't necessarily know, oh, I entered the zone in this point, I just had let's say northeast as example, there isn't a compass, but you know, just say you head that way. It's not necessarily going to have the same stuff as the last time you were in this zone. So even though I've seen all the tile sets, I still think it is super fun and interesting to play. But I believe there are 
three DLCs already set. You know, these are things they've committed to. Because if you buy the very fanciest edition, you get them free, I think. So they are going to be adding more stuff. Uh, you know, hopefully that will be new worlds. Hopefully that will be new archetypes. The archetypes I mentioned are not the only ones in the game. Uh, hint, hint. So there is a ton of stuff already in the game. More stuff on the way. And I love it uh, quite a bit. I've only kind of glossed over a lot of the stuff. Because there's lots of, you know, in-depth reviews and footage you can find all over the place. So I just thought I would throw out, you know, the most important things. But if you are looking for a challenging shooter that I think is super, super fun, uh, especially if you have, like, actual friends you can play with, I would highly recommend Remnant 2. So that's it for this week's podcast. Baldur's Gate 3 is now officially out after many years of having it in early access. So I expect I will be talking about that on next podcast. I can't think of anything else that's going on uh, in gaming. For me in you know personal life, I have been having an issue that's kind of bugging me lately. I guess this has kind of been going on for a few years. I don't know if I've mentioned it before. But I will kind of go sort of blind, I guess I could say, where my eyes will just stop focusing past a certain point. Usually that will be about 15 feet away, but sometimes it would drop down as low as about 10 feet. And then it's pretty much just, you know, a little bit out of reach is what I can see clearly and other stuff is all blurry. And my eye doctor said since it only happens sometimes, you know, like even on a single day, it may happen you know, for an hour or two, and then it would be okay again. His thought is maybe it's some kind of sugar imbalance because I guess there's part of your eye, I think, in the iris that I guess if the sugar is not processed right, it gets kind of swollen and stuck, and then it can't uh, focus correctly. So he's thinking something like maybe diabetes or some other uh, sugar issue. So I've been trying to contact a hospital and... Uh, figure out if my insurance covers stuff and get an appointment and all that. But I'm just starting that, and um, there's been a lot of, oh, call back later, oh, call back later, because this is closed, this is closed now, call back later. So it's like, really? You couldn't just put this information on the website instead of inaccurate information? So I don't know, maybe next podcast in three weeks I'll have, you know, an update on that, and hopefully... As my eye doctor says, it's something easy to find and just, you know, take these pills and that will stop happening and you'll be fine. So, I don't know. We'll see. I have to be sure, you know, my free medical coverage covers it. Otherwise, I couldn't afford it because this could be, you know, easily hundreds of dollars that I do not have. But if there is an update uh, for next podcast, I will let people know. And hopefully, I'll see everybody then. Okay, thanks. Bye. Thank you.
You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash rabbitsramblings.html. When you type Rabbit's Ramblings, don't use the space. If you would like to send me an email, you can do so at rabbit at rabbit.com. If you like my page, you can also post on Facebook at rabbit.com. You can follow me on YouTube at rabbitdot.com. I have a page on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash rabbit, R-A-B-B number one T. You can set up a monthly recurring subscription there at a price point of your choice. Be sure to put the number one in place of I anytime you type rabbit. Rabbit's Ramblings is copyright Eric Stryker using a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Derivatives License 2023.